And breaking news in this Easter Monday as Peel Region will not resume classes tomorrow. Here's the education critic for the Ontario NDP, Merritt Stiles, joins us for more on this here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Merritt, good afternoon and thanks for joining us on short notice. Oh, good afternoon, Jeff. Great to be here. All right, it was just the other day the education minister announced that schools would stay open during the duration of this four-week lockdown. Now, this was not Stephen Lecce's decision, but Peel Region's uh, decision. Your reaction? Well, look, uh, you know, uh, what we've seen happen over the last few months, and you and I have talked about before, is that uh, we've seen this government uh, underfund some of the school safety uh, measures that we needed to have in place. I don't think it's surprising, actually. You know, I think a lot of listeners won't be surprised that the public health units are stepping in uh, right now to to close schools, given the, the high number of outbreaks we've got going on right now. Yeah, so is Peel Region and perhaps other jurisdictions, are they stepping in and filling a gap then that the provincial government, that the education ministers failed to do, in your opinion? You know, I think that the education minister last week um, absolutely was... Uh, refusing to, I think, make some tough calls that uh, clearly our public health units are being are being forced into now. And and you know we know from day one. I mean, the the, the minister keeps saying, for example, he's going to work on uh, tougher safety measures in the next few weeks. But but we haven't seen those in place. To ask any teacher, ask any student, any parent, uh, those measures have not been in place this year, really. And so here we are uh, in the third wave. Things are not great at all, and, and it's not surprising to me that public health units have to step in. All right. Is this fair to parents? I mean, we're getting this news here on a Monday afternoon for a Tuesday morning resumption of a school, or because of the variance, because of the caseload, and the numbers particularly when it comes to the younger demographic are kind of all bets off uh, right now? You know, I, I think it's not fair to parents at all. None of this is fair to parents or, or kids. Or, or the education workers, um, you know, this kind of last-minute notice, it, it leaves everybody feeling more stressed, more anxious, and, and having to shift and pivot. And we know, you know, that although, you know, obviously we have a bit more experience with this move to remote learning, it's, it's not ideal. It doesn't work for a lot of us and a lot of our kids. And so I think parents are going to be upset about that. I don't blame them for a second. This is not how it should have been. And, you know, I really do lay the blame at the feet of the, of the, of the premier, you know, for, for getting us to this place where we're still having to make these last-minute calls that really pe- turn people's lives upside down. All right. Should Toronto follow suit? We have not heard yet what Toronto is going to do. Dr. Eileen Davila, we're hearing, is considering implementing the same measure or might opt to just close schools in some high-transmission neighborhoods. Well, you know, I mean, they're going to have to make that call. But I, I got to tell you, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I know how hard this is for, for again, for parents and for, for students who, who don't want to have to be forced to be at home again and families who won't have had time to make arrangements. I mean, this is not uh, not ideal, obviously. Um, but I, I, I must say, you know, as we're in the middle of this, I, I wonder when the provincial government is going gonna, is, is gonna to actually put in place the kind of mechanisms we need to keep those schools safety, safely. Like we all know, and I've said it from day one, schools should be safely open. But but what it takes is investment. It takes smaller class sizes. We need to make sure and pivot to get those education workers vaccinated. Uh, we need to be doing real asymptomatic testing in all the schools. I mean, this just hasn't happened at the rate that it needed to. 
Just finally, Amir, I want to ask you, because a lot of people are wondering just how long the schools will be closed. Again, this is a developing story. The Globe and Mail is uh, just tweeted out and is reporting it will be uh, for two weeks. Peel Public Health will close all schools in that region. Uh, is that enough? Is that long enough, do you think? Is this just a, a situation we're going to have to wait and see where the variance, the, the caseload, uh, where it takes us? I think it is going to be, I mean, I think we're all going to have to play it by ear. I mean, the truth is, again, if we can get the government to, to make some of these, these big calls, you know, bring in the paid sick days so people don't have to go to work when they're sick and, and make sure they have the time off to get vaccinated and, and ramp up the vaccination in, in workplaces and among essential workers who really need it now. If we can get these things done and we can, you know, do this 24-7, maybe we've got a chance, right? Uh, but as it stands now, yeah, next week, I think a lot of people were waiting, to, kind of expecting this to happen for next week. And and then the week after is, of course, April break, supposedly. So we, we have to wait and see. But I'm going to be wondering what the, the Minister of Education and the Premier are going to have planned uh, over these critical next few weeks. All right. Ontario Education Critic with the NDP, Merritt Stiles. Merritt, thanks as always. Really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks so much. All right, let's uh, move next to uh, Annie Kidder, CEO for People for Education. She joins us now on this developing story here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, Annie, just first of all, uh, your reaction to what we're hearing at Appeal Region, that schools will not be reopening uh, tomorrow for the next two weeks uh, anyways. It's uh, online learning. Well, it's, uh, you know, it is understandable given the numbers that we're, you know, obviously in the an emergency situation in that way. And people, you know, people are trying to do what they can uh, to control what they can uh, right now. So it's understandable, but I agree with uh, Ms. Stiles that this is, you know, very difficult for, for families, for educators, for staff in schools, for students, um, that we're, we're, we seem to be always in this kind of plain catch-up situation uh, rather than having had, you know, thought this through uh, a little bit more more carefully, but I and I think this is a sign that we need to change and we need to make some changes right now. All right, you and I have talked uh, several times about the need for schools to uh, remain open, to be open for kids and their education and their uh, mental well-being and uh, mental health. What has changed here? Is it the caseload, the 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 variance that uh, concern is at an all-time high? Yeah, and I think that we're, we're we're seeing the numbers go up and up and up every day. We're all looking at those graphs, and we're all, uh, you know, understanding the the kind of emergency. And I think that the the big thing is that now it's time to pivot now today, in terms of even just in terms of vaccinations, that we're going to have at least a week where schools are not going to be open, maybe longer, depending on the place. But now's the time then to make sure that every single person who works in the education system is vaccinated. We can't be expecting of people working in schools that they, they, they should be willing to sacrifice their health or even their lives in order to work there. So we have to, starting right now, we have to shift our vaccination strategy. We have to vaccinate essential workers. We have to vaccinate anybody who can't work from home needs to be vaccinated. They need to be the priority now um, so that we can ensure at least all the grown-ups in schools are safe. We do need to make sure that all of that, that the testing is easy. It's easy for parents to get at, that there are some schools and some uh, areas now where you can 
go into the school, pick up a test, take it home, test your kid, drop off the test back at school, and hear in a few hours whether or not your kid can go to school. It is definitely true what everybody's been saying about paid sick leave, because it's a way of ensuring that parents can stay home and can stay home with their kids and and be keeping the the school population safe. Um, And that's not the same as there is no duplication anybody's asking for here, because yes, there are provisions if you have COVID, but there's nothing if you have a cold or the flu and are not sure whether or not you have COVID. So we have to be doing the things that they the whole health community is telling us we have to do. Um, but this is a schools should be able to stay open. I think everybody agrees on that too, that it is the best thing. But if you want schools to stay open, Yorkdale Mall can't stay open. Let's put it as simply as that. It's like we can't have it all and we we need to make sure that we're focusing on the community spread, that we're that a lockdown actually means a lockdown. Um, and that we're vaccinating all the people who need to be vaccinated. Is that the criteria, do you think, sorry to interrupt, that uh, should be for schools and Peel and elsewhere to be able to uh, reopen or continue to, uh, you know, uh, be open and be open safely, is that we need to adjust the vaccination rollout and prioritize essential workers and teachers, that paid sick leave and the ability to rapid test. Only when we have those three in place, do you believe that schools are safe? <laughs> I'm, no, I, I mean, uh, that's really it's good. You did a much better summary than me. Yes, all those things need to be in place. I think that we're going to, you know, just as public health units are doing right now, they're going to have to decide for their area what's the very best thing to do right this minute. Um, and I think that is obviously what they're doing. I don't think it's either, you know, one, either or, uh, but we've got to look at those things, and we do. We have to pivot. But I think that that's the biggest thing right now. John Tory saying that like people are finally just standing up and go, OK, a change has to happen and it has to happen now because the numbers are going up and up and up and there are more uh, cases in schools. And, you know, it, it is problematic and it's and it threatens the health and safety of everybody working in those schools. Yeah, just finally, what would your advice be to Dr. Eileen DeVilla when it comes to a Toronto and Toronto area schools? Do you expect them to uh, follow suit uh, as to what uh, Peel has just announced? I really don't know. I mean, and this is where I go, you know, I'm not the right person to ask. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a medical officer of health. And we, those are the experts we need to, to listen to at this point. But I am a person who can say it is time to vaccinate all the essential workers. All right. Annie, appreciate you coming on as well on short notice. Uh, Thanks as always. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. There's Annie Kidder, CEO of People for Education.